93.7 and AM 1340, WKGN Knoxville and W289CU Knoxville. Fan Run Radio. Tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon in East Tennessee. Tennessee basketball back in action tonight against South Carolina. Tyler Head of 105.7 The Game in Columbia joins us in just a few to break things down. But first, we begin with... The big news of the day that the big bad NCAA is back in town. Are they? Investigating UT Athletics. Once again, yes, they are. They've been here for a while. This time in relation to NIL violations. Y'all didn't really think that they were just gonna let us be good here in Tennessee just kind of oh yeah a little slap on the wrist with Jeremy Pro you guys go off and achieve greatness now you didn't really think that it was gonna be that easy did you I'm curious as to how they're picking and choosing who they're investigating well everybody's doing it everybody's doing it if your friends were jumping off a bridge little Johnny would you do it too if I have an idea. It was a college, if it involved college football, I would say absolutely <laughs> yes. I would do anything. Well, that's what's happening yes. is everybody's jumping off the yes. bridge. Everybody's got their gun. Everybody is going off that cliff, Thelma and Louise style. Look it up, Tucker. Holding hands as they drive the Cadillac convertible off the rim of the Grand Canyon. Houston Crest has an idea, ladies and gentlemen. Who was the big spender in the first real year of NIL? Who did everyone say, oh, they're just buying a team, buying a team? Well, I know where you're going. But oh. the, the issue is, is that they didn't actually pay him. The money never changed hands. I know, apparently. but I'm, they got investigated, and who was it? A and M. Exactly. And then what did? I what thought was it? Was Miami or us? No, no. Oh, the big spender was A and M. It was like, oh, they were spending like thirty million? million. Yeah, it was like a ridiculous number, like thirty million on that class. But what player was the highest single total given out across all these websites and all these reporters and journalists? It was Nico, the seven million dollar man. I thought it was eight. Yeah, I did too, but I don't really yeah, recall. What's a million that. dollars amongst friends? Taxes. <laughs> I think now they're just going back and they're like, oh, you know, Tennessee has all my land. It should send me to talk to the NCAA. I, I, we didn't, what? Prove it. Well, that that would be their MO. I mean, they operate they on have. a three year delay. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, whatever. I know people are like, oh, what's going on with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss? Well, they'll get to them in two or three years. <laughs> 2027. Their time will come. That, I mean, that's honestly, that's part of it. And it, I know I. Sound like you end up sounding like a petulant child when you say this, but I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was about four to five weeks ago where there were pictures all over social media just openly of old Miss recruits pulling up in Oxford and Lamborghinis. Well, a couple of things here before uh, we get too far into the weeds this afternoon and get our dander too far up 
And uh, we will open a vein and bleed for you a little bit here this afternoon. It's what we do. We want you to feel the emotion. We're all a little bit, uh, more than a little bit, we're all a little hacked off, a little Marvel mad this afternoon, a little Farragut furious, a little Lenoir livid, Harrogate hacked off, Petros pissed is one of my favorites. Whatever you want to, however you want to term it, we feel you this afternoon. Let's keep in mind, no notice of allegations has been received by the university yet. Yeah, that is a, a key thing, although it appears that that could be a mere formality at this point. Multiple athletes and coaches and multiple sports have been interviewed by the NCAA. This is, uh, th- this has not caught anybody by surprise. We've heard rumblings of this for, for months now on Rocky Top. Uh, Adam Sparks, KnoxNews.com writes, additional rules violations would put UT in a precarious position because the NCAA handed down a ruling on 18 highest level violations in July, which were committed under Jeremy Pruitt from 2018 to 2019. A source with direct knowledge of the ongoing investigation told Knox News that UT feels, quote, very strongly that it followed all NCAA guidance related to NIL. Really like to know who Adam Sparks' source is on that. Why don't you ask him next time we have him on? I'm sure he'll tell you on air. No, it's not just some rando like no. assistant quality control guy. I mean, my my guess it's it's Heupel or Danny White. That's just a, a guess. I have not talked to Adam. I don't know. This is reckless speculation. Well, I'm yeah, sure he I mean, appreciates just, that. You have to figure to either be the head coach or somebody in the ivory tower. No specific athletes have surfaced in the investigation. There's no indication when violations are alleged to have occurred, although multiple people. And I love the fact that all the bigwigs, the national media types that are gleefully reporting on this this afternoon, they're all on the list. Mm-hmm. Well, all of them. They're, they're at the top of the list, and they're, they're playing fast and loose fast and loose with things like journalistic uh integrity don't 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 even say that word stop saying it stop where's your integrity pat journalistic integrity and then you have a ph (laughs) from a pool to go check somewhere stick to stick to uh olympic the olympic sports patty I'll be uh, patty wagon it it's all the it's all the guys man pete thamel dennis dodd doug gottlieb dan wolken Stephen a Tim Brando, Seth Davis, Dan Wetzel, Pat Forty, Joel Clack, Kirk Herbstreet, Gary Parrish, Peter King, Booger McFarlane, Brett McMurphy, Dana O'Neill, Matt Hayes. The list. You thought we forgot about the list? No. I thought we no. took Dana off. We know who's on the list. and all, It's all the same people. It's so funny, man. It, it's so funny. They're, they're, they're really into it. Oh, major violations, major violations. This could be a huge story. It's like... Listen, man, I don't get the feel. If you listen to the people, the Adam Sparks, Austin Price, the guys that are over there every day talking to the coaches and players for years and years and years, you know where they're getting their information, right? Sure. And, and they're all telling you Tennessee is not worried about this. So they're getting that from people pretty high up the food chain. Now, they, they could be in CYA. I mean, this would if this were a big problem, <sighs> it would it – would, potentially significantly derail the Danny White career trajectory that we all know that's an ambitious 
guy. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I look at it like, yeah, uh, Tennessee pretty much rolled over for the NCAA the first time around to, to expedite that as quickly as possible. To and an extent. They got, and they got slapped, you know, they, they I won't say on the wrist, maybe across the face. You lost some scholarships. Like, it's – it's it's not a it's not a small deal. I don't get the feeling that they will be playing ball, laying down, whatever you want to call it, at all this time around. Mm-mm. If it comes to that, because you know there's there's much more to lose, and so I just see Houston like, are, are we going to strike a a posture here that says, all right, you want to play hardball? We play hard. We'll see you in court where you never win. Have by you the read, way. Have you read uh, Plowman's statement? No. I'm coming through it right now. It's rather lengthy. Um, she basically calls the NCAA a bunch of frauds. Like, how could you say we were exemplary six months ago and now there's terms of lack of institutional control being whispered around? She apparently requested a meeting with President Baker in December to discuss this in person with Danny White. President Baker. Mm-hmm. Charlie Baker, the new president of the NCAA, NCAA president. Oh, that's right president of the big big wig status over there um and our, our request for the december meeting was denied even though he had said publicly i want to meet with as many presidents chancellors and athletic directors in person as i possibly can in the coming months as we try to navigate the future of nil and intercollegiate athletics he requested it or we requested it he said no also, just to throw it out there, you you know, it's not just like Adam and Austin and the guys based out of Knoxville, Tennessee beat guys, but Josh Pate, who will be joining us tomorrow afternoon, um, and Barrett Salee, those really really jumped out at me. They were like, yeah, I want to kind of wait and see on this rather than the way Forty and Thamel framed it. Chancellor Plowman, her statement, this is, yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, th- this gives you an indication it's, it's three of, pages. Well, this gives you an indication of Tennessee's posture towards this. This is a really good sign because, yeah. uh, I mean, this is the direct quote, quote, this is morally wrong and undermines the credibility of the NCAA stated interest of acting in the best interest of student athletes. So, yeah, I mean, that does not sound like a woman who is ready to play ball this time around she's got her guard up a little bit more which is good to see doesn't sound like somebody's wanting to give up any scholarships no absolutely not so we'll see i mean this is the thing that's frustrating about this other than the fact that it exists in the first place is you know that there's not going to be any swift resolution (laughs) this is probably going to drag on for months if not years Sure. But what do we do? I mean, we're in it now. We've been in it for, yeah. what, over five years now? I mean, and that's the frustrating in, part. We're is an easy target for you, him. You waded through this stuff mm-hmm. when, when when Trey Wallace broke the story in December of 2020. Yeah. And you, you went through it for over three years, and you finally thought this summer that it was put to bed. And you have the residual effect of – managing the scholarship cuts and everything that they were going to have to do for the next couple of years. But you, you, you had a resolution, and it was more or less over. And, and now it's just, we're, we're going we're gonna to do this again, really. And I, I think the feeling is, man, NCAA, y'all, y'all but we, we know how this ends. Right. We know how that we are not going to let you hammer our program 
again. It's not going to happen. And okay, we'll go to the, we'll go to court, but you're punishing Tennessee's players, mm-hmm. Tennessee's coaches, Tennessee's administration, Tennessee's fans by dragging this out for two, three years, however long this process may take, if if it goes to court, you know, that, that's going to be a while. going to cost millions of dollars in sure. legal fees. I mean, think of all the hoops we're going to have to jump through again. All, all the, well, Tennessee spent $347,000 in legal fees. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, but I mean, we're, I mean, you're in it. You're in it now. You got to, and I, you know, what I'm taking away from, from that statement, I'm, I'm, what I'm hoping is that they just Tennessee takes on a war footing with the NCAA. Just go straight to court, man. Don't pull any more punches. Well, you, you say that, but I mean, like, <laughs> straight to court. I mean, like, what, what does that mean? Uh, we, we're we're going to sue you. We're yes. going straight to court. Well, okay, what this I is would going do to be a two, would, again, it's going to be a two to, the, to three year process mm-hmm. that's going to drag us yeah. all along and. And make uh, it's going to be miserable. I don't know. I'm no lawyer, but I would think that you would try and link it back to the main problem they have is they lost nine to nothing in, in front of the Supreme Court already well, over again, NIL. Like, no, yeah, I mean, no, nobody, nobody is, no, nobody is uh, ballyhooing the NCAA's chances. No, I, I'm, I'm not saying that. I just, I don't know I'm, that it would be a three year long drawn out thing i mean hell it might be but when, when has there ever been an expedited thing that and like we just finished the o'bannon thing <laughs> like a 20-year process the north carolina thing what what is the because quickest what's the quickest the ncaa has ever been through court on anything well what they could do is they could file i would imagine i'd love to talk with davy about this i would imagine what tennessee could do would be to go to court and file an injunction because there's already settled case law from the past 20 years in the O'Bannon, and I don't know the name of the Supreme Court decision that they handed down. The Alford decision is another one that took at least five years to adjudicate. This is not going to go quickly. Like that's to me, that's the biggest frustrating thing is that just this is something we are going to have to deal with probably for the next several years. Could this be the case, and could we be the school that actually does what yes. everyone's been saying for the last 10 years? Could we be – I mean, it's – I don't mean this as a pun, but could we literally carry the Bring torch <laughs> for yes. – we are, we are done with the NCAA. I mean, she goes through it in her, her response. You guys want to be partners with the schools, but you have a guilty until proven innocent mindset. This is not a partnership. You lord over us while – we basically do all the work, and you're just some enforcement crew. They're the, I've said it for years. I don't know if you guys have ever heard me say this. They are the freaking mafia. That's all the NCAA is. They come by. They collect their check. They go away. You break the rules. They break your leg. I mean, that's what they do. They don't provide anything except Nothing, security yeah. from themselves. I don't, I don't like being on the side of the government in these analogies. I like the mafia. There's so much fun. Like, I want to no, be, I, I, I be Tony and Paulie and Vinny. Those guys we need always a new end, mafia. Up, end up dead or in jail. I'll, I'll go with the feds it's on a good this point. One. It's a good point. I'm not saying it's, it's right in the mafia because I'm a mafia guy too. I love mafia. But this is just what they do. And if you read her reply, she's saying they're trying to retroactively enforce yeah. rules, which is exactly what they're doing. And yeah. she says it. We did not they break, say it. 
Right. There are no rules. There were no rules. And then when they put the rules in place, everyone changed what they were doing. Then they're going backwards and saying, but you broke the rule here. That wasn't a rule yep, then. Sorry, and that doesn't break our sovereign state well, law. Uh, like, uh, we can tell ourselves that that sounds good, that there are no rules. There are rules. They've pr- said it pretty explicitly. You can't use pay to NIL yeah, yeah, as yeah. a recruiting inducement, which we clearly did. But everybody's doing that. Everybody's doing that. And, you know, the NCAA comes out and says, well, you know, we're going to go back and punish these people that have been breaking these rules that we just passed retroactively. And everybody's looking around and like, that doesn't sound right in the United States of America. So we'll see if they actually try to do that. I mean, they've done it to Florida State. They lost five scholarships, had to disassociate from a booster and a collective and all the. They made it go away. Florida's under investigation. And now we're under investigation again. So as long as we don't look. But I think what really got Florida State and why I think that they were willing to, to settle the way they did was, I mean, they, they got caught tampering. Say what you want, but they were dumb enough to talk to Amarius Mims from Georgia before he was actually in the portal. Didn't we do that, too? That was in his recruitment yeah, process. Amarius Mims, like, he, he, he got Tennessee yeah. and Florida State in trouble. trouble. He plays for Georgia, and yet they're fine. They're fine. Well, okay, that's that's where we are. No, he was Old a McDonald's snitching. bag recipient here. Yeah, Old snitching Kirby Smart. Quick timeout. The drive continues. Obviously, we have much to discuss. We got basketball tonight, too, by the way. Let's not lose sight of the fact that the Dalton Connect show is back in town this evening at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena. We will talk about it with Tyler Hurd of 105.7 The Game in Columbia. Not Como. What do, what do they call? Cola. <laughs> really? No, I'm not going with that, man. That's I, I'm not either. Coso? We'll just say South Carolina. Stay with us. The Drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. The Drive. Fan Run Radio. The Drive continues. 105.7 FM, 1340 AM. Streaming online, fanrunradio.com. Your free Fan Run app. A variety of ways for you to experience the program this afternoon. Russell Smith, Bear. Tucker and Houston, all cruising with you here on a Tuesday afternoon edition of the show. And let's go over to Columbia and check in with Tyler Head. He is with 1057 The Game in Columbia. We're we're FM frequency brothers. Tyler, you're on 1057 FM and, and we're on 1057 FM. It's that's a special bond. Actually, we, we are actually 1075 the game out here. Oh, Russell. Big swing and a miss by me. All right. So, uh, like I said, we have absolutely nothing in common. Tyler, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> good, man. Uh, you know, we get ready for basketball tonight over at Thompson Bowling Arena here in Knoxville. South Carolina, they've had a nice second season here under Lamont Paris. What's been the key for the turnaround this year for the Gamecocks? I think the biggest key has been experience. And you look at Lamont Paris coming in last year after the success that he had at Chattanooga, you knew there was going to be some growing pains coming into SEC play. And I really think going through the grind of the conference season ago, including two games where you know Tennessee kicked their teeth in last season, losing by about 40 points each time, I think he really learned what caliber of player that he was going to need to be successful within this conference. And he goes out there and he pulls guys like, you know, Talon Cooper, like B.J. Mack, like Miles Stewie from all over the country, guys that have played a lot of basketball. They're one of the most experienced lineups in all of Division One basketball 
this season, and I think that's gone a long way with why they've had so much success through 20 games. Where's B.J. Mack from? That name rings a bell. Yeah, he was at Wofford before. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you mentioned Tennessee thumped Carolina pretty good twice last year. Would you say this is a more confident South Carolina team coming in tonight? Uh, definitely so. And that game, or both those games last year, as well as several others in conference play, I think kind of exposed the fact that they weren't a tough enough team and a physical enough team. And that's something that jumped out to all of us right away when the season started. They went up against some pretty tough and physical teams like Virginia Tech and Grand Canyon early on in non-conference play and just really showed the ability to push back a little bit, which was a pleasant surprise. And then when you get into conference play going up against teams like Mississippi State, uh, that they started off conference play with, they were able to go toe to toe with them in kind of that you know rock fight type of basketball game, which again really showed you know the the difference they've made on defense. And I think that's gone a long way. Obviously, they're the best statistical defense and points allowed so far this season. And then on the other side of things, they just got more confident when it came to, to shooting um, on offense, especially when it came to the three ball. Again, you bring in a guy like Miles Studi, who was so prolific when it came to shooting threes, you know, at Vanderbilt. And I think not just that, but it's resonated with uh, all the other guys you know, in that starting lineup and coming off the bench as well to, um, you know, be a little bit more official on offense, too. You mentioned South Carolina, one of the better defensive teams in the league so far this year, and, you know, that is that is what Tennessee has, has made their program identity on the past couple of years under Rick Barnes. Is it fair to assume we might see a bit of a rock fight tonight between the Vols and Gamecocks? If South Carolina is going to win, it's definitely going to need to be that. They are a solid offensive team, but they're not flashy by any means. And they definitely like to play more of the slower pace, kind of grinded out type of games. And, you know, again, I go back to the, the, the win they had against Mississippi State, you know, the win they had against Missouri a couple weeks ago. And over time, a little bit lower scoring, just kind of crossing over that 70-point threshold. Um, you know, it does definitely concern me that if, if Tennessee gets off to their runs and starts, you know, really pushing the tempo up a little bit, that that's where South Carolina might start to struggle. Talking with Tyler Head of 107.5, the game in Columbia this afternoon on the program. And, you know, Tyler, what is the potential and hunger for basketball at South Carolina? Obviously, we, we've seen the, the tremendous success they've had in the women's game. They've got a nice arena there. All the mm-hmm. talent that come, you know, going back to, you know, Kevin Garnett, Ja Morant, Zion Williamson, all from the Palmetto State. Tennessee's had a little bit of a South Carolina pipeline here with Josiah Jordan James, Julian Phillips last year. You know, there it, it seems like the pieces are in place for a pretty good basketball program there. Do you see a day where South Carolina ever becomes a really good basketball school? If they can stay consistent, I think you definitely have the fan base here that's ready to support that. And again, you almost kind of get spoiled by what the women are doing, where you roll their eyes if they you know beat a team by twenty or thirty points just because they what they've gotten used to doing, but. I think when you look at like last week against Kentucky in the midweek here at mm. Colonial Life Arena, you had a great turnout, fans ended up storming the court, great atmosphere and all that. And, you know, you have a fan base here that's ready to support a good men's basketball program. And, yeah, they're not all that far removed from when Frank Martin took them to the Final Four back in 2017, but, but they haven't had much to hang their hat on since then. And, again, last year was a very rough first season for Lamont Paris, you know, in conference play. And I think everybody's been pleasantly pleased with um with what they've seen so far through 20 games, and even on Saturday against Missouri, which you could have expected maybe was a little bit more of a sleepier atmosphere given how cool last Tuesday night was. You still had a really good turnout, still had a good um, crowd there at Colonial Life Arena for uh, an early tip on a, on a Saturday. So I think the fan base is really good, and you know, if Lamont Paris can keep this consistency going, I'm not going to say that they're going to be a perennial you know, Elite Eight team or something like that, but I think you could definitely get in a position where your team that's at least knocking on the door of being in the, in the uh, uh, tournament every single year. 
feels like it comes down to players like he's you know the guys we just listed can he keep some of those guys home he's already shown he can get in the portal and have some success is is it really just come down to keeping some of that talent at home for South Carolina I think so and in fact um uh coach Harris was on John Rothstein's podcast yesterday and was asked kind of a similar question because South Carolina is such a talent rich state and look you're not going to be able to be able to contain everybody within the state. Last year they got Gigi Jackson, which was obviously good. They had their ups and downs with him. But you know, Lamont Paris also big on the transfer portal as well, as I said, really kind of rebuilt this team this past season in the portal. But he wants to keep a fair balance where you're bringing in guys um, you know, from both the recruiting side as well as the transfer portal side, kind of bolster the roster on both ends. And this season alone, you look at a, a true freshman in Colin Murray Boyles, who has gotten um, you know, more and more trusted within the starting lineup over the past couple of games, and he missed, you know, the better half of non-conference play because he was out with mono. But he's somebody that's come along really, really well, and somebody that I think, you know, from right here in Columbia, South Carolina, that I think is going to be the future of this program. In addition to, you know, whatever they may add in the transfer portal over these next couple of seasons as well. Tyler, no Tennessee South Carolina game in football this year. It was kind of a, a nice rivalry that Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer had going. Are you sad to see it go? Yeah, uh, it's really weird. Not only that game, no Florida, no Georgia as well. And I, I know that South Carolina technically doesn't have like a rival within the conference as their only rival that you know really gets talked about is what they have with Clemson, you know, out of the ACC. But yeah, it's definitely going to be weird going through this fall without any of the uh, you know usual familiar faces you know that you have seen for the past literally thirty years. You know, with the existence of the SEC East, and it's funny. You know, the, the conference kind of created this quasi rivalry between them and Texas A&M as permanent crossover opponents. they still got that game next year, which I don't know if, any, if anybody's overly excited about that one because, again, it's something the SEC just kind of handed to them and said, hey, here's your rival now. But um, I think they would much rather play a Tennessee or a Georgia just from the proximity standpoint. God, Georgia's three hours away. It seems like a, a no-brainer those two teams would play each other. But at least for the time being, it doesn't look like it's going to happen next year or it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. And what's the outlook for Gamecock football as they seek to bounce back from a 5-7 and seven this past season? Uh, yeah, this past year was definitely a little bit of a step back. I think Beamer, I don't want to say was a victim of having success too quickly, but if you go, if you, if you mix the years of success up a little bit, I think it's a little bit different trajectory going from maybe saying having a 5-7 and seven year in year number one to getting to a bowl game in year two then getting to the eight-win mark in year number three like they had in 2022. I just think it's kind of gone out of order a little bit, but people are excited. They've obviously done a really good job in the transfer portal and, and pulled in a pretty solid recruiting class with a couple of five stars as well. You know, Shane Beamer is a very well-loved coach around here, and I think people have a lot of confidence in what he's going to build. Now, can he get that team to the upper echelon of the SEC? We'll see. Can he get it to what Josh Heupel's been able to do at Tennessee over the past couple of years? We'll see about that as well. But, you know, they're just kind of existing in the middle ground of, of what's kind of a wide-open SEC from like six now down to I guess 16th when you add in Texas and Oklahoma here coming in next year so I think this year is going to be very pivotal you do have an extremely tough schedule you got to go to Alabama go to uh, Oklahoma of course have your games with Clemson and um, you know uh, playing the likes of A&M and a very surprising Missouri team from this past year as well so it's going to be really tough to get at that six win mark and get back to a bowl game but um, you know I'm not, I'm not saying that year fours are make or break year for for Shane Beamer, but I do think it's going to uh, sway the opinion of a lot of people of what he's going to be able to do with this program going forward with how 2024 ends up. All right, very good. Tyler Head, 107.5 The Game in Columbia. Tyler, really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it.
Tyler Head one more time with 107.5 The Game in Columbia. We appreciate him joining us as Tennessee hosts South Carolina 630. Mm. I'm surprised young Tucker Harlan is still here. I, I would have thought he would have had to have left to get to the arena hours ago. I'm a little shocked by it, too. <laughs> At least you're honest. Attitude on this show. What are we thinking about leaving? Are, are you going to stay for your top five? Of oh, five? I'll, I'll stay oh. through the five. But yeah. It, as soon as, as soon as that fifth, whatever your little kicker is, <laughs> uh, you're out the door. Up. Yeah, I'll be gone. <laughs> so at five o'clock, uh, this will be Houston's first time for this. Um, you got to do the five o'clock hour podcast, or else it. You can't leave it in Russ's hands. Uh, what do you think? Is sitting there pressing a button over and over again, Houston? You up for it? think so i just haven't done it in five years i think i got it yeah i think i can do it i got no video uh, i mean if we need to go get a guy we can no nah, i think we'll be right He'll, we are, we like, are the like, drive there may already be we, another we guy, guy here at the time overtime bill yep or step one up. of the other ones so glad tyler could uh make sure he reminded us about south carolina's final four a few years back that was awesome <laughs> really appreciated that thank you very much miss lippy oh Everybody's to, gone. Everybody's gone. Who, who is it? It's us, Bama, Missouri, Missouri. BYU. For like the, uh, the, just, yeah, well, talking, the ones that have had success yeah. in the tournament and never made it, we're like the second most successful team. Auburn's in the, made one. Georgia's made yeah. one. Florida's made like one multiple oh, yeah. national championships. And two, they, they, two in a row. And, and they don't care <laughs> they don't about care. it at all. <laughs> What's even wilder is uh, uh, you have to that laugh one to year. Keep crying. <laughs> We were the only. We were one of the. What? How many games did they lose that one year? They lost twice to us. It was like four total, maybe. And yeah. Two to us. Yeah. Two of them to us, and we made it. How far that year? Sweet sixteen. Yeah. Mate. Well, maybe it was around a thirty-two. Yeah. Th- this is the year. This is this is the year. He and said we got the with confidence. NCAA coming in here now. Th- this is the year. If it's not the year, it may never be the year. We've been saying that for years. Uh, after this reading, uh, shift to you know, going back to the main topic of the afternoon. After making it through page two of her statement, we're she's we're going to war on it. She really basically. release a three page statement. I got to pull this. Oh up. yeah, yeah right. statements out yeah, there. Man. After page two, so I mean, they're going to. So go they to knew they they must have known this was coming. If they have a three page statement ready, because you know lawyers have parsed this. Right. Yeah. This is this is not something. Teams. Oh, she she's like Dondi sitting on the pot somewhere, scrolling Twitter and see. There's a visual for you. Sees Pat Forty's tweet. It's, it's like Queen. You're talking about. Here. I need to write something. I, no, like they. It was dated yesterday. This thing they've had this thing in the hopper. Ooh. Apparently, yeah. You need to interesting at the top of the hour. Interesting. Or the next break, you ought to you ought to read through it. But I mean, you said like she's going she's telling him we're going to go to court there's going to be lawsuits and she references the austin case what three or four times houston yeah she keeps hammering well, maybe that. more than that like yeah. it, it it's bold and italicized every time it's in there it's yeah. in there like five times yeah it's 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 typed in there like it looks you know in a law book Stay with us. The drive continues. Tennessee in the NCAA's crosshairs once again. Just when you thought you were out, they pull you back in. We will reset that for you when we continue. Stay with us. The drive continues on Fan Run Radio. The drive. Are you ready to... 
Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Dondi Plowman. We're going to war, says, boys. Bring it on. Yeah. NCAA. You want some? Come get some. I don't blame her, man. No, I love it, man. I, this is exactly what she needs to do. This is like above and beyond. The, and it just shows you the difference of leadership that we have now as opposed to years Shut past up. when we had no leadership where, you know, if, if Cheek this and is, heart would have been over. If this is Cheek, Hart, whoever, like, uh, what what was her, uh, Beverly? Davenport. Like, it, <laughs> We're not. We're not doing. <laughs> we don't have. Well, we don't there, have you would hear crickets. There, there would be nothing. They'd be running around. Oh my God! What do we do? We have gotten. We we're going to respond later. You can tell from this letter that is available now. It's on on multiple outlets. To that has been released from Donnie Plowman. That they have seen this coming. They have a plan, and they are going to beat the NCAA to the punch. And they're basically more than just rattling sabers this afternoon, saying, "Look." Like we we are going to sue you, and we are going to win. You're going to lose. So why don't you make this easier on all of us and not do what you're going to do? The uh, letter, uh, basically, I'll read you the first paragraph here. Dear President Baker, the leaders of intercollegiate athletics owe it to student athletes and their families to establish clear rules and to act in their best interest. Instead, two and a half years of vague and contradictory NCAA memos, emails, and, quote, guidance about name, image, and likeness has created extraordinary chaos that student-athletes and institutions are struggling to navigate. In short, the NCAA is failing. Paragraph 2. Earlier today, a team for the University of Tennessee met with members of your enforcement staff to discuss allegations the NCAA intends to bring against Tennessee related to NIL. So she's basically saying, like, notice of allegations is coming. Yeah, yeah. She the, and I haven't made it all the way through page page one. She sets it up, and then I don't know if you've gotten – how far you've gotten into page two. Page two is where she basically lays out. The NCAA's allegations are factually untrue and procedurally flawed. Moreover, it is intellectually dishonest for the NCAA enforcement staff to pursue infractions cases as if student-athletes have no NIL rights and as if student institutions all have been functioning post-Alston with a clear and unchanging set of rules and willfully violating them. So I mean, the, the language, I guess, is, is probably the first thing that jumps out to us non-legal scholars. It's like, oh. She's not – this is not some vague word salad and it's like, Mm-mm. we appreciate your quad blah, blah, blah. This no, it's is, very calculated. This is, this is our position, and we're not budging. This is going to be our position in court. Well, it also just makes them look inept. I mean, she's pointing that out, which I think is brilliant. If this does get to court, the fact that you can point to six months ago, they said we were – exemplary in our cooperation with them and that as soon as we found out anything was done wrong we made all of the right moves in a timely matter now six months later they're coming back and saying "Mm," but they're doing it retroactive this is brilliant it's great posturing then she also makes sure to get it on the record that she had requested a meeting for her very smart athletic director and the way it's where and our request was denied so i basically she spends this whole thing just explaining all the steps Tennessee took to stay in compliance and what she thought was wrong. Mm. I wonder when they started working on this thing. 
On the on the statement? On- yeah, this thing didn't get cranked out this morning since Pat Forty tweeted. No. Oh, by the way, uh, you know who's going on Paul like, show right now? now. <laughs> he's on right now. Our Tennessee grad, our alum out there just bringing on the nitwits of the nation. He turned on us a long I know. time ago. I thought he came back, he's but he didn't. Well, us. Well, that, I mean, that show serves its purpose. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's surface-level analysis right. at best. And Jerry 13 Springer. other fan bases are watching that going, yeah, get them, yeah. Primarily Alabama. But well, we cut through the nonsense and the garbage and the BS and give it to you straight but, here on Fan Run Radio. But to go back to what you said, like we talked about it with I think it was within the past six months or us. Uh, we were just daydreaming about if if one school did bring down, you know, start the ball rolling to really form, you know, get the NCAA out of college football. It'd probably be Tennessee. Well, one can't help but wonder, you know, is there strength in numbers here? Is could there be some sort of, uh, you know, I don't know if class action is the word here, but you know, Florida's in like, Tennessee having a blood crypt after the Rodney King trial. <laughs> We're going to walk hands in with an orange and <laughs> an orange and white bandana and a blue and orange bandana tied together. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah. If if it gets us out of this, enemy of my enemy is jackpot. my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think we're in a jackpot. Like I know it may take some time, but uh, just no no fear that anything could come up. This I don't know about that, but I'll go to the wall uh, a little bit. I'll, I'll go to the wall just because of Plowman. Plowman. I mean, she's it, she's leading. A little fear, Chris. A little Chris? bit. Not so much that we end up being wrong and caught, but if we did, what would happen? Because we're on like probation. Like we we got a pretty lenient hand from the NCAA with the yeah, notion that hey, a- as long as you don't do anything, it won't be as bad as it was, and it certainly won't be worse. But if you get caught right. doing something on probation, they hammer you. Well, let, let, let's play this out to its logical conclusion. Then the the NCAA they, say they've got some text message or something that, that, that proves beyond a shadow of doubt that Tennessee's NIL collective was paying large amounts of money to Nico Iamaleava and his family before. He ever set foot on campus as a recruiting inducement. We were caught red-handed breaking the rules. They're going to declare that kid ineligible. They're going to, they're going to say he can't play. I mean, can you imagine like how they would be pilloried? Like no. really, they're going to do that? No, they can't because what are they a, going to do? A, again, it goes back to um, it, it's all fun and games until a federal judge uh, has U.S. Marshals come get you and bring you to his court and explain you know explain what you're doing. So they're going to take away more scholarships. I don't. There were no rules. They're making this. That's what she says. You're making it up. You can't make it up as you go along, or make it up backwards. Yeah, which is exactly what they're doing. They said for, just for the sake of devil's argument. It's all they've always said. They've been consistent from the beginning. It, it can't pay, be used as a recruiting for play. But they're going to have to. They'd have to be able to prove it. But they're still they're wide open because of Austin and all these lawsuits about you cannot um, deprive. A citizen of this country, the right to earn money. It's just a, it's a real fundamental thing that they're they and they're just screwed on it. Let's get Rusty in here. Rusty, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, sir. Hey, fellas. Uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, baseball season starts in two weeks. I'm pretty fired up about that. Got South Carolina at 6.30 tonight. Sounds like a pretty salty yeah, bunch. Dalton scores 50 tonight. Who's going to start his shortstop? Um, those are those are huge on my list. Um, <laughs> this whole thing's nothing. I have zero fear. And Bears, Bears probably right. This would not be a three-year thing if it goes to court because there's been so many other precedents already set. This would the NCAA would get hammered, and it would be like within two days because every time somebody goes to court now in the last six months, it's over before it starts for the NCAA. They get slapped out of court so fast now. There've been too many years. The, just the been too many rules. Say, yeah, there's, been, there's too many things in place now. They, the court's just going to be like, bye. You're here again. Uh, Siding with the plaintiff. Well, if if that's the case, then like it, the NCAA, as much as we want to pillory them, they're not idiots. Like, why would you even go to court knowing that? Like, they don't. They're they're kind of like they're they're bullies, and basically what they end up doing is they they try and make you blink. And I think with Plowman's, you know, this three page statement, she's not blinking. Yep, they're hoping we'll do what Florida State did. And say, okay, we'll take a little punishment just to speed it up. I mean, they'd have to have us dead to rights right. on on Nico Russ, yeah. or or if they've got something because it said Pat Forty's original tweet says something across sports. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting too. That was my they could nail us on if, if they get us like like they and like I said, where they got Florida State is a Marius Mims tampering. Maui. And it was the coach the coach driving the player to. Meet with the collective is what really got. I, I guess that was Mims. Um, for us, though, it's got to for us to be for us to get caught in this. It would have to be in on paper or on a recording. You would have to have Nico. Will you come to Tennessee if we give you eight million dollars? And he signs it saying yes. Other if if it's anything like Nico, you're free to go to college wherever you want to. But if you're at Tennessee. There's going to be an $8 million name, image, and likeness deal for you, but we're not forcing you to go there or even asking you to go there. We're just letting you know that it will be if you go there. That's not quid pro quo, and the NCAA has nothing. Unless they have hard evidence that it was written out, you come here, we write you a check for $8 million, then they're done. This is a nothing burger, y'all. It's stupid. Really what this is is anybody that's got a top 20 collective is getting an inquiry right now from Mm -hmm. the NCAA. Mm Mm-hmm. Florida State's being talked to, A&M's being talked to, Texas, everybody's got inquiry from the NCAA right now. But there's this journalist who accused us of being racist and then uh, and then hated on us because we didn't want a coach who he loves, who that coach um, helped to promote in an environment where children were being raped. That coach has, or that, that reporter still has an ax to grind with the university, and he's only writing about that school right now. That's all this is. Everybody's got an inquiry going on if you have a good NIO collective. Well, and Dondé Plowman is telling him, get on D's. Well, if, if, that, <laughs> if, if that's the case, then uh, these schools need to band together and and uh, and do something about it because the NCAA – You like, you like my, my mental image I gave you of us in Florida fans? Yeah. yeah. I mean, strange bedfellows, but I'll bring Florida State, A&M – Louisville, like whoever else is being looked at. Uh, the one thought that crossed my mind when we talk about the other sports. and, and Yeah, I know what again, you're going to say. We don't know. Like, oh, here, here's all I'm saying. Uh, I, I understand that 
this football town and we got to do whatever we do to save King football and all this stuff. And, you know, I don't believe the conspiracy theory. It's just, I mean, this is mouth breather stuff that Bruce Pearl was sacrificed to, for, for football oh, no. in, in 2000, whatever. Oh. But I don't even think for a second that we're going to allow you to sacrifice anything. Sir, Sir Anthony of House Vitello no. to, to say that we, we want to save this football program. We'll do just about anything. But to quote Meatloaf, I won't do that. None of them. So. I, we might be de- like, I, I'm, I'm sure there are some people in the listening audience like, the hell with that, Russell. We'll do whatever we got to do. Like, no, no, no. I, I, I will proudly die on that hill. I'll die right next to you, sir. Rando is next some random guy what's up man i'm bringing the i'm bringing the shovel i'll die on the hill too all right rando there we go man you're not touching tony v ncaa and you keep that in mind too tennessee don't get any goofy ideas so as i've gone through all of this and you know i mean the 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 three-page letter from plowman is just absolutely fantastic because I said this morning, I'm like, nope, we need to go to war. As soon as I heard about this breaking, I'm like, we're, we need to go to war. And to see Plowman come out with what she had to say, basically calling them into question, calling them incompetent, calling them liars, <laughs> calling them unwilling to cooperate when we have questions for you, that's that's great. Um, yeah, a few questions, I'll throw them out there. Um, one, is this because the sanctions that they just hit us with didn't hurt the program like mm. they thought they would? I mean, I, I, we, I know we talked about it at the time and, you know, that it before they came down last summer, we had remember we had that conversation about, you know, us just going 11-2 and two and we wonder if there were some feelings of, you know, that they felt like they should hit us harder because it didn't. We didn't stay down that yeah, long. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, were there simultaneous investigations going on? In other words, was there another group looking into our recruitment of Nico while the ins- while they were wrapping up the whole Pruitt thing and telling us that and they, they just we're a shining what? example of how it's yeah supposed to work? exactly like how how could you release that statement at the time that you knew that you were probably going to have to throw the book at us or at least try to throw the book at us or do something because of what we have allegedly done with Nico? Now I'm gonna either take off or put on my tinfoil hat, depending on how you guys want to look at this. But do you not find it funny that two programs that were dominant in the 90s both have gotten slapped over NIL by the NCAA in, like, back-to-back weeks, essentially, with us in Florida State? Well, no, because we ain't got just slapped like, nope, yet. you can't come back. They've just... You guys can't come back. No, I mean, uh, I don't think there's any coincidence. I, I, well, I think it is a coincidence. I don't, I don't think there's any connection there between okay. the two. Uh-uh. So across a lot of sports, right, that, that, that's Pat Forty's wording, across many sports, right? Football, uh, Division One football or college playoff subdivision, whatever you want to call it, is about to be out completely from under the thumb of the NCAA. They really can't stop us from going to the playoff because they don't control the playoff. They really can't do a postseason ban because those aren't really NCAA sanctioned games. They're, they're exhibitions. So 
you know, what we talked about right at the start of my call. Are they going to start trying to go after programs not called football because they know they can't go after football? Are they going to try to hammer men's basketball? Are they going to try to hammer the baseball program, the softball program, to try and bring us into line because that's the only place where they actually have any kind of control? No, you guys I don't. Think that's I, a possibility? No. I'll just go back to you know North Carolina and the whole fake school thing. I mean, <laughs> you know, North Carolina put yeah. up a, a stone-cold wall. They're like, no. We are not playing. We are not going to succumb to this. And it, it took a while. It took you know five yep. plus years, yep. but they eventually got off scot free for all that. And it cost them a lot of money, and you could argue damage in reputation. But that was a significantly stronger NCAA that failed to get North Carolina. This is a a weakened NCAA. Like I, I'm surprised that they have the stomach for this, that they are still pursuing this stuff while they're talking about all these reform measures that they would like to see put in place. It's like, why don't you do that first and establish some rules and get some agreement and some consensus on what the rules are before you start going around and trying to punish people for stuff that we nobody thinks is beyond the pale or, or a violation or you know even indecent in any way. Thank you, Rando. Appreciate the phone call. Hour number two of The Drive coming up. More Fan Run Radio after this. The Drive.